Welcome to Forgive Me Father. Here in the confession booth, we discuss how a certain aspect of life and church culture work together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help everyone understand each other more and create dialogue no matter what you've experienced or believe. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? I have struggled with toxic positivity. Um, and I don't know if this is just me. It probably is. But the smell of raspberries. <gasps> really? Are so, it's too much for me to handle. Raspberries. Every time, raspberries. I don't know why, but every time I smell raspberries, it like it almost feels like it's burning my nose hairs. It's just too much. And I'm like, get that away from me. No, thank you. I feel that way with garlic. Garlic like burns through my nostrils. And when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I always get spicy garlic because it's delicious. I don't care if my breath smells bad afterwards. It's probably their best flavor. But like garlic, when they like set it down, like right in front of you, like I don't normally have a sense of smell. Like most people who know me know that my smell is it's like 2080 in terms of like how much I can actually smell throughout my day. Uh, And so... But, like, when garlic is put in front of me, like, it just, you know, I smell it all for, like, five <laughs> seconds. Like, it's all I can breathe in. Like, I'm pretty sure it goes into my lungs. I was going to say, I lost almost all my sense of smell when I, I got a concussion when I was 10. And so I haven't known what a single food you guys have talked about what it smells like. I have <gasps> absolutely no idea what a raspberry is. I didn't know raspberries had a smell. I guess I could have assumed that. Absolutely no idea. Um, Whoa. I can only think of two smells if something's really strong and i'm concentrating very hard i can probably smell it but like last time i smelled something was probably like a week ago or like a few weeks ago um but the only smells i can actually like retain and remember is cigarette smoke and vanilla extract mm. so like two very different ones too like. opposite ends of the spectrum combo. There. yeah <laughs> yeah it's probably what i smell like <laughs> <laughs> it's a good combo well- what were you doing with cigarettes and vanilla extract when you had the concussion? Like, <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> you were ten. Yeah, I well, I've had a couple concussions, but yeah, that one. I guess I'm guessing that's what it was because any smells I remember are from before then, and I like have read online that can happen to people. That's um, crazy. That honestly, I'm not a doctor. If any doctors are listening to this, they're probably like, "What? What is she talking this about?" This is wrong. they're like taking notes. <laughs> hold <laughs> up! Hold up! Hold up! <laughs> <laughs> like new Wait. discovery in science apparently this is a thing <laughs> inventing it. they're gonna write down your contact information at the end of this episode we just so they call. can contact you about it yeah, yeah. Exactly. i'll be a research study if anyone's listening <laughs> well now i know that like you're the one to go to if people need like a shopping list from like bath and body works or like yankee candle like not for the so much of the fact like hey go pick out a good scent but for the fact that you can actually walk in there without having a migraine because every um, time i walk even remotely past those two stores at any mall i am just overwhelmed also once again as someone who doesn't necessarily have a sense of smell i am just like almost knocked on my butt by how strong that place smells <laughs> that and then like uh like a, like a cookie shop or like a like a like auntie ann's pretzels or something like that like those those smells overwhelm me dude have uh, you ever been into a hollister 
I was going to say all the, all the vibes of the low light. I mean, they don't give <laughs> us any more the, the guys with the six pack standing at the front. Yeah, yeah we I talked about this on the, on the podcast before. I was we never have. cool enough to go, though. Yeah, Dude. I was never cool enough for Hollister. I am betting so much money that they mop the floors with cologne water yeah. because it's that bad. It's too much. It is. It's I remember going in there once and I like took one lap around the guy's section. And I was like, nah, this isn't fun. <laughs> yeah, I look like this guy. I was like, okay. I don't, I don't fit in here at all. Like they had like what's supposed to be, I guess, a 16 year old guy on a beach with like washboard abs. And he's like giving like, you like a smolder. And I was like, <laughs> I'm some like eighth grade kid with wiry glasses and like still got baby chub on my cheeks and my like on my tom tom. Like I don't belong here. Like, my t-shirt doesn't like i can't i can't sport any of this <laughs> welcome back to forgive me father here in the confession booth today we have something really exciting for you guys a topic that's not necessarily talked about maybe it's even sometimes looked over which is the topic of toxic positivity uh, i know a lot of time we talk about like toxic masculinity we talk about how sometimes we can have toxic relationships, toxic views over our own body and things like that. But AJ, I'm really excited to talk about toxic positivity and what that means for, for a relationship with God or, or otherwise. Me too. I am. I feel like I'm going to have a lot of opinions on this one. So I'm ready. Well, to that's, go. that's what we need. You know, <laughs> the, you all as listeners have been asking for AJ's opinions. And I think this is the episode <laughs> where we finally get them so I've, I've been on my best behavior so far throughout this season i think today might be the day where i let go a little bit we're locking it in aj is ready she's uh she's gonna blow up my spot i'm just not I've, even gonna talk the whole time i'm doing honestly, this intro and then aj's just gonna take over from there honestly just mute your mic bro I, I got you. Honestly, I will sit back and relax for this episode. If you got a ton of opinions, I'm here for it. Just nah, like, dude. just kind of cue me in if you need like a, a quick scripture or something. No, nah, dude, it's not the same without you. Come on. <laughs> oh, stop it. Please go on. Tell our <laughs> listeners more. That's all you're getting from me. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's honestly all I really need because with too much attention, I just panic. You, um, yeah. I don't know what to do with any compliments. Uh, and that's why we're going to talk about toxic positivity because sometimes toxic positivity is like, you're doing great. And it's like, thanks, but what do I do with that? Uh, and to be able to help us out in, in today's episode, to be able to talk about her experiences and to give us her thoughts and her advice uh, is a really good friend of mine. It's Katie Grimes. Hi. <laughs> I got there it is. Hi, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we go back to Radford University. We were there together for quite some time. Katie, correct me if I'm wrong, but you did education, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did education there. Um, you were a freshman when I was kind of like heading out at the time. Uh, I remember I was kind of like one of the upperclassmen. Um, still so didn't cool. know what I was doing. Uh, cool is not a word that I would use. But me, an inferior freshman, was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you're like wow he's got it all together he's doing his homework and all in all honesty if you know me i was taking buzzfeed quizzes the whole right. time always, always. all throughout, Cody, all throughout i mean it was important <laughs> but yeah katie's katie's a really good friend we had a lot of really great conversations a lot of good times way back in the day uh and she's here to talk to us about toxic positivity um katie is one of the uh 
brightest, which I know sometimes we use that in terms of like intelligence, but she's also one of the brightest when it comes to just personality in general, like a ray of sunshine in the way that could probably sound as little as least corny as possible. Because I think people are like, you're just a ray of sunshine. You're just so fantastic. Uh, but Katie has always been a great, a great presence of, of optimism, uh, of support and things like that. And I think that's what made her such a great, uh, a great addition to this season to be able to talk about toxic positivity. Um, so Katie, why don't you give us and our listeners just a little intro to, to who you are and we'll jump right in this. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That's so sweet. I, I still remember to this day when you were a senior and I was a freshman, you said something similar like that to me and it stayed with me all four years. Like it made a difference. So, so thank you. But yes, I'm Katie. I am in the Boston area. I am currently a special education teacher and specifically work with children with past trauma. And I've been doing that this year through COVID and being in person and all of that. I grew up in New Hampshire before I went to college in Virginia, and from there, grew up in a somewhat traditional Christian household, really strong morals, and um, yeah, I, I had a lot of independence growing up, which I think really helped me as a person and in my relationship with God, had a lot of freedom to build my own beliefs and explore things, and then decided when I was 13 that I wanted to be baptized and live out the Bible to the fullest extent. And from there had most of my trials and things like that. Cause I was 13 years old. Like that is a baby practically. And so most people like, I feel like our story is very much before coming to God, but so much of my story is after I already made that decision. And so anyway, um, so much of yeah, who I am is just developed from, from after that. So from there, it hasn't been easy by any means, but have continued to live that lifestyle through all of life's changes and went to college, came back to the Boston area, and here I am. So I'm, I'm excited to be here and talk about all the ways that I have messed up, <laughs> but learned from it and um, toxic positivity, which I'm so passionate about. And so is AJ. <laughs> You already know. <laughs> AJ, AJ's locked and loaded already. She's uh, she's aiming her gun, so to speak. Uh, don't make that face. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, I think what I was saying earlier, just about you being a, a ray of sunshine, just being such a bright spot in the campus ministry that you and I are a part of as a part of the International Churches of Christ. Katie, you're obviously still a part of that family of churches. Uh, I've since left as people who listen to this podcast know, uh, but you really were such a great support in a lot of ways, whether it was like saying that you would pray for somebody and then you would follow up on that. Uh, you would ask like a week later, like, Oh, Hey, how is this going? You know, I've been praying for you. And that follow-up means more than anything. Cause I think in a world that is so go, 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 it's nice to remember. It's nice to, to know that, you're being remembered in some way, shape or form, you know, like I'm going through a stressful time. Like my biology one-on-one class is super stressful. I'm like not doing well. And then you would come back later and be like, Hey, how's biology one-on-one been like, you know, um, you always made an effort to like talk to the people that were kind of on the outskirts of, you know, whether it was like devotionals or church services, like the people who were just sitting by themselves, uh, 
you know, I would see you talking to them randomly throughout the service or after the service or whatever it was like, just always looking to help out, always looking to make sure people felt loved and cared about. And I think that's what's something that's so powerful about positivity, which Webster's dictionary defines it as the practice of being or tendency to be positive or optimistic in attitude. Uh, and you were really were such a, such a positive and optimistic person. Uh, which is, I guess, saying a lot because I think within when you look within church culture, like having faith is often tied to like being positive about the future, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where we can hop into this too. Is that with positivity, a lot of times when somebody was faced with something tough, it's kind of a church cultural norm to be positive about the outlook. And a lot of times our thoughts are like, "Oh, God's got it," right? right? You know, yeah. like. You think of certain scriptures like Matthew 6, 33, where it's, you know, it talks about like, don't worry about all of these different things because God's got it for you. Uh, worry about today. Tomorrow has enough troubles on its own. Uh, you think of first Peter five case, cast all your anxieties onto God because he cares for you. There's a lot of like positivity that can come through there. Uh, and for you, like hopping into the positivity in general, like what's some, some scriptures that give help give you a positive attitude as we look at it as an overview first. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I think some of the, some of uplifting scriptures, a lot of the Psalms, ironically, um, there's definitely some hopefulness there. I think about Hebrews six, when it talks about that, our hope is like an anchor for the soul and, I mean, that's pretty incredible to me. Um, and even, yeah, it, I've, there's so many Psalms that come to mind of just like painting these pictures of God, even in Job 30, it talks about the expanse of God and it goes into all of these different descriptions of the clouds and all these things um, and how majestic God is. So those give me joy uh, and just positivity and, and even and I'll talk more about this, I'm sure. But as I've learned a lot about toxic positivity and, and that has led me to reading in between the lines as I am going through the Bible, just so much of Jesus' character itself gives me positivity. And it's not a one scripture, Jesus was positive, be positive, but it's the way that Jesus handled certain situations that uplifts my soul. Uh, I think a lot about John 4, where there's a Samaritan woman and Jesus heals a boy from you know, miles, miles away. So there's, yeah, just like acts of Jesus in general. Uh, so not as simple, like clear cut, just be positive, um, which I know for some people mean a lot, but those are some of the ones that at least over the last couple of years have meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the, probably one of the most well-known scriptures in the world is Philippians 4.13. You know, yeah. I can do all everything through Christ who gives me strength. And that's like a great positive thing because a lot of times when people need positivity, it's when they're feeling down. So to know that, oh, Christ is going to give me strength. Like, this is fantastic. Like, this is where, you know, I can put my hope. This is where I can put my joy, you know, uh, looking towards the sunrise, you know, like the, the dark mm -hmm. is the night is dark, but there's, there's sun at the end of it, the light at the end of the tunnel, mm -hmm. all these different things, which is fantastic. Uh, I remember one was Luke. 18 1 where jesus teaches the disciples to pray always pray and never give up mm -hmm. that was always one that was a little bit more for like a battle cry for me where it was like okay like i'm feeling down 
pray and never give up. It's kind of like this, like almost like this call to action that kept me positive and kept me going. And I remember when I would talk to people and I would let them know that I'm feeling down, they would say, Hey, let's pray, but also let's remember to never give up. Right. You know, like let's keep pushing forward, which is fantastic. It's great to have that optimism, but with almost everything is that just because there's such good intention behind it, there's mm-hmm. sometimes a misguided execution or an unintentional execution that leads to the words that we say or the actions that we have doing more harm than good. And yeah. I know you and I talked about this beforehand, um, but I think one of the biggest topics that we can talk about with toxic positivity is how dismissive it can be. Right. Um, do you have a time in, in your life where you felt like, Someone was trying to be positive. Someone was trying to give you hope within a church culture, but it ended up being a little more of a negative uh, outcome than positive. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think what's so great about the Bible is that it could apply to all areas of our lives. And you're so right that you can always find scriptures that are, okay, you're afraid. Don't like, just don't be afraid. (laughs) Scriptures like Stop it. Um, (laughs) to have joy, to trust God, all these things that are such great things, um, but can be presented as such quick fixes, like you said. And I felt that on all different scales where it could just be, I'm having a bad day. And then it's just like, Oh, here's scripture. And you're like, okay. Or like, just pray about it. I feel like that's (laughs) the, one of the most common ones, or it's like, I'll pray for you or yeah, just pray about it. And you're like, Oh, I'm cured. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. So, um, so I, and that's a, what is interesting about toxic positivity too, is that I see it every single day at work, honestly, but then it, it definitely crosses over into some, some bigger things as well. I think one of my bigger examples, my dad passed away three years ago this month and through some that and just other different traumatic experience I've had. I think that's where I've learned the most about toxic positivity and where I've had to confront myself, even with how I've played a part in it. But three or four days after he had passed away. So I had gone home from Virginia and was ranting to a friend about various things. I obviously was in a terrible place (laughs) emotionally, understandably. Mm -hmm. And my door was just a revolving door of these relatives that I have met like three times in my life and these random neighbors and my mom's friends and things like that. All amazing people who are just, you know, showing us love and giving us bagels and stuff. Um, so I'm ranting to my friend about this and she with very good intentions, but responds, um, with this, she didn't quote the scripture exactly, but she referenced Matthew 14 about how John the Baptist dies. And then Jesus still went and he gave and he served and challenged me with the same thing. Okay. Like Jesus faced a death and he could still do it. So go ahead. Um, and I was Mm. left with two responses. One, which was a smaller part of my response was how dare you? (laughs) Who do you think you are? You don't know what the heck I'm going through all of this, um, more defensive. And then for me, my larger part of the response was guilt and shame and just feeling shut down and feeling dismissed where I felt like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like, I know I'm not thinking straight and like, and you follow God. So you must be right. And you used a scripture. So it has to be right. I'm wrong. I should still be doing all these things. Later, my mom was able to help ground me and point out actually in the scripture, it says Jesus went to a solitary place first. And 
we don't get to know how long he was in that place for. And we don't know how his grieving went further. It doesn't mean he didn't grieve. We only have, you know, a certain amount of chapters for three years to represent Jesus. So, um, so anyway, so in that moment and through other phrases that people would say to me through different big events in my life of just pray about it or God's got it. You'll be okay. They'll be okay. Whatever it is. Yeah. It, it just felt super dismissive. Um, and just felt like either I, I learned, okay, I guess I can't talk to you about this or that mm. my problems didn't matter. I didn't matter. So yeah, I think that that was the first one that really came to mind for me. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, I think those kind of band-aid sayings or band-aid scriptures, once again, they mean, well, obviously your friend had no ill intention behind for sure. why she said what she said or why they said what they said. You know, obviously it's not like, Hey, shut up, get over it. You know, like that's, right. <laughs> that's never what you want to say to someone who's lost a loved one. But unfortunately, if we're not able to address toxic positivity and being able to give feedback in a way that's loving and almost a, a faithful positivity, that's how I can come across. Right. Uh, I remember when I was in the church, a lot of those scriptures, a lot of those sayings, like we even sang, we in, in the International Churches of Christ, you sing this song that's called Jesus Will Fix It, you know, and it's trouble come my way. Got to pray sometime, got to sing sometime, got to love sometime. You know, it's it's a, a simple call and response song, but it's, it's also very powerful if, if you think about the words. Unfortunately, we pass on those words as kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 Jesus will fix it. And, and it felt like this like blanketed uh, statement where it's like, hey, you got an amputation. Here's a Band-Aid, friendo. You know, right. Jesus will fix it. You know, like you like you are failing a class. Jesus will fix it. Your loved one died. Jesus will fix it. Right. You're questioning your faith. Jesus will fix it, you know, and it was never bad, but it got to this point where I was like, are you even listening? <laughs> right, right. Uh, it was so, I guess, aggravating because at a certain point you feel like you're not being heard. It, it feels like they're just giving you these automated responses, you know, like you're not getting, it's like customer service when you're just getting this like right. machine the whole time. And you're like, wait, no, I actually need help to fix like my computer, my bank account, whatever it might be. You're like, you can't like, just, just send me to the nearest human. And that's how I felt a lot of time talking to, to people in the church, because you have this expectation where you're supposed to be vulnerable. You're supposed to be honest. You're supposed to be loving to everybody. And that means opening up about what's really going on in your life. And I think that's fantastic. I think that's what an idealistic culture should be, where right. it is openness with everybody. But unfortunately, sometimes when you share with some people, you get that blanketed positive statement back and you're like, okay, can I just dial zero for the next representative? Like, yeah. that's what I really need. Yeah. I think it, in my opinion, I feel like there's two sides of it where there's one side where you have people who are really excited. They are getting to a point where they really know a lot of scriptures and they go, oh, you said you're afraid. I know a scripture now. And, and they're just putting all these things together and, and mm -hmm. it might not be, it's a scripture and maybe it applies, but is it the best scripture for the situation yeah. that the complete way of how Jesus would handle it. And then I also think, in my opinion, 
there's something to say for our culture, especially Western culture, where obviously it's a generalized statement, but I think we're uncomfortable with emotions that are perceived as negative. We're uncomfortable with sadness or anger, or anguish, grief, all those things. And so because of our uncomfortability, we are going to push positivity because that's the good thing. Like being positive is right. Being sad is wrong. So therefore, if somebody's feeling something like we need to push them like to feel positive and we don't just let people be sad, which sadness, of course, isn't wrong. It's an emotion that needs to be felt. So I think, yeah, I do think that that's a huge part of it. People are just uncomfortable, like when you're talking about these things. And so it's like, uh, Jesus has got it. Like he'll yeah. make it better. He's got you, whatever. And, and, and like, that's just not, not that it's not true that God isn't with us or God isn't taking care of us or whatever, if that's something you believe, but um, there was a time my sister was really sick in the hospital and needed a transplant for something. And, and a lot of people in their great, good intention hearts who don't know what to say. And I don't blame them. It's a very interesting situation. And, and they're like, Oh, like, it'll be okay. It's okay. God loves her. He's got it. And you're like, uh, we don't know that. <laughs> like, I know yeah. that God loves her, but like, we don't know she's going to be okay. Like we don't yeah. know it's going to work out. Um, and so the, yeah. So I just think it can be either of those sides. Yeah. I, I find myself when I think of toxic positivity, I think it's almost similar to how I've talked about on the podcast before when you're confessing something and you already know the scriptures that go against it, you know, like I was, was feeling very arrogant, you know, or I was sexually immoral or impure or something like any, the people within, especially within our church culture who, who study out the topic of sin, know Galatians five, they know Ephesians five, they know Mark, I think it's Mark seven. And half the time, like we don't need to be told how wrong this sin is. We need somebody who's going to be able to listen. And I think a lot of times when we're feeling down and we need positivity, it's like, yeah, we know God's got it. We need somebody who's actually going to listen and, and kind of give a, a comforting feedback, you know, not just positive, um, but also like someone who, who is going to listen and sit through us through that pain. Because I think a lot of times when we confess sin, People are like, oh, yeah, that's bad. You're going to go to hell if you keep within that realm. And it's right. like, yeah, I know that already. Thank you. Like, right. that's not what yeah. I was needing at all. Like, <laughs> right. like, that's not that's not helpful. And the same thing, I think, happens with misguided positivity, where it's like, hey, like I'm feeling really down. They're like, God's got it. Just pray about it. Love you, bro. And we're like, I I know that. I know that much. Can you help me? Like, even can you help me grieve? Can you help me? through this negativity, if it's like something with like as simple as, as college courses, it's like, can you help me study? Can you keep me accountable? Like, I'm not asking you to tell me that like Jesus is still Lord. I know that (laughs) that's why I'm telling you this because we have this in common that Jesus is Lord. Uh, And I think we, I think sometimes it just gets misguided, whether it's because you don't know how to respond because what you were saying, the, the, the negativity is such a taboo within Western culture. Or, you know, I think sometimes people maybe even jump the gun with wanting to be positive and wanting to be faithful uh, before, before they actually take time to listen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Uh, It's so scriptures are so easy to memorize. Okay. Maybe not always, but scriptures, you can memorize (laughs) them. Right. And you're right. It's like people could be sharing us something and you get so excited to share it. And you're right. If somebody's 
confessing sin, it, if they are confessing, they know it was sin. <laughs> there are times in the Bible and it makes it clear when you need to help them. But if, if they know it, like your job is to point them to grace and you're right. Like same thing with, with this, like Jesus supported way more than just being like, I'm God. Um, I'm just imagining if he was walking around, he's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. And like, if he wasn't sitting with them, if he wasn't talking with them and feeding them and serving them, that whole approach, um, that would have been lost, but it's so easy for us to be like, oh, pray about it or I'll pray for you. And it just kind of ends there when, mm-hmm. when I do believe that the support looks much bigger and toxic positivity. It's hard. Cause it, it, always appears right especially when any whenever there's a scripture attached to it or whenever it's like I'll pray about it it's like how could that be wrong right like it's yeah. like that's impossible and then all it does is just going to shut people down or make them feel yeah. guilty or ashamed or guilt them into doing something that maybe they're not ready for um mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's interesting that you say that like if Jesus all I imagine when you were saying that was that like Jesus is back here on earth and people are like bringing their problems to him and he's just like finger guns right yes you know and he's like it's like magically fixing it which is one very comical to think about but secondly it in my mind it made it clear that like if that was actually true if that's how jesus would have responded that takes away from the genuine relationship of it and kind of puts it back into I think how most people want Christianity to be, which is Jesus is a genie, you know, because Jesus is never meant to just, you're not supposed to pray to God and then boom, you know, you get your wishes, like you hit the lottery or you graduate with a 4.0 without ever having to study or, you know, you get your dream job. It's like, you still got to work for it. But even then, like God doesn't promise you these things because you prayed for them. Uh, And I feel like if Jesus was as, uh, misplaced positive as I think sometimes we can be within church cultures. It, it, it does kind of take away from the authenticity of it because we're kind of like what we were both saying earlier is that you're kind of going over these negative emotions. You're going over these, even these opportunities to genuinely connect and you're just replacing it with like a simple scripture or like finger guns or whatever right. it might be. And you miss the point of, of really connecting with somebody in a, in a deep way. Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree. AJ toxic positivity, Christianity, (laughs) where, uh, so from an outside perspective, where do you, or where have you seen toxic positivity happen? Before I begin, I just want to preface. (laughs) This is strictly from my point of view as a non-Christian person, a person that has, never, <laughs> that has never been a Christian person. And just to let remind you all that I, <laughs> that this is outside in cool. Awesome. This, this feels like those like warnings where it's like before a TV show and it's like mature content. Viewer discretion is advised. Like, that's what I feel like you just gave us. And no, I know I'm just, now I feel like I need an adult. No, I'm too, I'm too I much don't know a, if I'm old enough to listen to this. I'm too much of a people pleaser <laughs> to like, even if I say anything that could possibly be controversial, I'm like, I just like, it's just my personal opinion. Like, please don't <laughs> cancel me like that. But so that's why I always say that. But um, coming from a person that is not Christian, getting that type of response is 
personally one of my biggest pet peeves because Mm -hmm. when you're within a church community and you're with other religious people who are in your religion, yes, that is, you know, y'all share the scriptures, y'all know the chapters, cool, awesome. I don't. (laughs) And it's one, it's such like a a surface level answer to anything that if I'm, opening up to you and if I'm being vulnerable or if you just see me struggling of for any sort of reason and then your response is just Jesus has got you that's like low-key a big slap in the face to me um because I I respect your beliefs totally fine that's why I'm here um I want to learn and that's awesome that you wholeheartedly believe that Jesus got has got your back. Um, I'm not on the same boat as you. So that doesn't help me at all. (laughs) Thank you so much. And it's, it's the worst in, from where I've experienced is when I'm, I'm asking for a solution Mm -hmm. is when I'm asking for help with reaching a solution. I want an answer. I want to, I want a, a tangible answer. I want a practical answer. And you just give me a scripture or you just tell me I'll pray about it or you pray about it or whatever the case may be. I'm like, thanks. Appreciate it. But like, what can I do like right now? <laughs> like, yeah. what can we what can I do? Like, can you help me come to a conclusion of what I can do? Physically. And like try to go forward with fixing it, um, because praying about it. Not my thing. You can do it, not my thing. So I'm not going to do that. Can I get a plan B? Um, Thanks. And those are the times where I'm mainly just like, seriously, um, (laughs) I know you're, and and I know the, that most people come across as they want, it's good intention. Like all, like you, Katie was saying, it's, you're not meaning to cause harm and you're not saying it to be malicious, but as a person outside of the church community, it doesn't come across that way. Um, You might know with your friends and with your family, who's also religious that like, you know, that where they're coming from, I don't know where you're coming from because I'm not on the same wavelength as you. So when I get that type of response from people, whether I know them or not, I'm just like, I, (laughs) I don't know what you, I don't know what response that sounded like it hurt like that hurt my feelings because I can't tell if you're being like ill-intentioned or not um because I'm not part of I'm not part of the cool kids club um so (laughs) uh and that's my biggest issue with that um as a person that isn't in the church as just like when I'm trying to have a plan to execute something and to figure something out and I don't get help and then also as you guys were saying the whole connection thing like you have an opportunity to connect with someone on another level and you just totally let it go one through one ear and out the other and you're just like nah Jesus got your back not me though Jesus got your back though (laughs) that's what it feels like (laughs) so I said that in the nicest way I possibly could Because I honestly do, like, thank you. I honestly, like, don't, 99.9% of the time, 
I love the, you know, religious religion is cool. I love everybody. Like believe what you want to believe, respect me, respect you. It goes both ways. Love that. Um, but it's like the high emotion situations where I'm like, you're not helping me. I'm so sorry. Love you. But like, you're not helping me <laughs> at all. <laughs> so. Yeah. Scene. In, in scene. <laughs> Five star. And uh, coming to the matinee you. tomorrow. Bring you tell us. Yeah. You can tell I was, I'm sweating. I'm stuttering so hard because I'm trying to like, like walk on eggshells and like tiptoe without trying to make anybody mad. <laughs> there's no listeners right now i know there will be though catch me in the comments like i heard what you said in that one episode i think it's interesting is that i feel like you expressed yourself well and i feel like i'm agreeing with you um i mean I, i think there's something to say where if somebody is trying to follow the bible live for god like and they want scripture and they want that response like great and if somebody's not living that way like in the same way, like, why would an actor be giving advice to somebody that's an athlete? It's like, yeah, they're just choosing not to live the same way. But I, I think that what you're saying, I mean, it's true in within the church too, though, um, is that, and maybe not everyone realizes it. I feel like I was part of a culture for a while. They didn't realize it, but like, it does kind of seem like a cop-out sometimes. And mm. sometimes it is a cop-out and sometimes it's not. And they just don't know what to say, or that is the genuine feeling. So, I mean, I, I think you have a point there. Um, <laughs> and I also think that toxic positivity even goes beyond any kind of religious setting where like, I hear it at work of just like, someone says they had a bad day and someone's like, could have been worse. And you're like, okay, yeah. like, you're right. It could have been worse. Like <laughs> it could have caught on fire. Like you're right. But, mm-hmm. but it doesn't change the fact that my day felt bad for me. So yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. the response of like, um, don't focus on what you or focus on what you have not right. like what I don't you know what I'm saying like the, right. the thing yeah. was like focus on the good things in your day or in your life and I'm like help me I can't right now like <laughs> respectfully I can't right <laughs> do it for and, both of us please and you don't get there by forcing I don't think you get there by forcing the the good or the positivity in like I think you have yeah. to see where you're at and what you're feeling in order to move forward like you can't like box it up enough and shut it down enough to then like get to that positive state. Like you have to recognize where you are, um, feel what you're feeling. I, I feel like first. Yeah. And especially going off of what you said, when it makes you feel guilty, like I'm like, I'm, I have a bad day. And then they're like, yeah, but like you had a great day yesterday. So what's the issue? And then you're like, you know what? I, I was happy yesterday. I should really just, I'm so just so inconsiderate and so just not I I'm so disappointed in myself for not un, like you know what I'm saying and I'm just right. like, well now I feel bad for having a bad day but right. then it's like people almost forget that we're human beings and yes God created us in his image and we're supposed to live life as Jesus would but people uh, from what I've noticed is that like in very rare moments like toxic positivity it's like it's almost as if it feels like you want me to be god and be like this miracle like oh i'm cured i'm good now right we're good we're awesome it's super sick um and for people forget that you're a human being and there's not a due date for healing or for recovery or for you know growth of any kind um and the expectation that it's just going to overnight be 
uh, completely different or completely better is very unrealistic and discouraging for people because when you set that expectation up right. and then they don't achieve it, then they beat themselves up further. It's like, oh, just like give it, give it a few weeks as it'll be good. And then a few weeks goes by and you're like, I don't, uh, it's not helping. Nothing, nothing's happening. So right. <laughs> I'm a little, a little worried. I'm getting a little worried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know how to word that specifically to where, like, I didn't want to say, like, I am God because that's no. <laughs> but in, like, I hope you understand what I'm saying, where it's yeah. like Jesus performed miracles and, like, healed people and, like, it was all cool and awesome. Uh, right. And I, I can't do that. Um, and sometimes when you get this, like, just pray about it, it'll be fine. It seems like you're telling, like, I can't. So I'm going to just, it'll be an immediate, uh, I'm going to just get results immediately like 30 day sit-ups and then I'll get abs like type thing like I don't it's gonna be quick awesome detox love it like I don't get it (laughs) one of the I can tell you're trying not to laugh (laughs) one of the uh one of no no you you brought up some really good points because I think toxic positivity one you're correct it doesn't stay within a church culture people at work can have toxic positivity exactly what you were saying like oh at least it wasn't as bad as yesterday oh it could have been worse oh yeah but you've had such a good week you know it's like it's it's so invalidating when you hear someone who's trying to help and it's like oh like i've got a good rapport with this person i feel like i could tell them that something is kind of crappy and then you tell them something that's honest and then they say ah well and then they just dismiss you and that's it and Obviously, like toxic positivity does run in and out of a church culture, but for church cultures that are meant to be a safe space, meant to be a spot where you can be honest, be vocal, be vulnerable, even as people, please turn off all your electronic devices. Um, (laughs) Google Chrome. Please turn turn off all electronic devices. While the while the plane is going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we will have our air flight attendants come around and collect your electronic devices at this time. You will have them back at the end of the ride. Uh, but God, I lost my, my train of thought. Um, where was it? Oh, but in, in terms of like a church culture where you're trying to bring people in to your church family, trying to reach out to people, bring them in, be fishers of men, go out and make disciples of all nations, however you want to play it. You have to be able to show Christ to the non-Christians as well. That's how you're supposed to win them over by your love for one another. People will know that you are my disciples. That's John 15, 33 and 34. And if you talk to people who are outside of church culture and you say, "Ah, I'm going to pray for you just believe God's got you. That doesn't help lure them in. That's just kind of like, Oh, thanks Christian. And that's it. You know, like that's not really love. You may think it is because that's your societal norm inside church culture, but that doesn't mean it's the norm for somebody else. Most people outside of a church culture, like you were talking about AJ, they need to see actual actions They need to see your love accompanied by the action of love, not just the speech of love. And it reminds me, hopefully not to get too off track. It reminds me of Matthew 25 
where Jesus is giving a parable of the sheep and the goats. So it's the afterlife. God separates the sheep from the goats. One side gets into heaven. One side does not get into heaven. And the way that he divides the two is that he looks at the sheep and he says, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So these are allowed to enter heaven. And the reasons are for, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Actions accompanied by words. Mm -hmm. And the words aren't even mentioned here. It's just actions. You fed me when I was hungry. You gave me something to drink. You invited me in. You gave me the clothes off your back. You even visited me while I was in prison. And what's funny is, is that the sheep in this parable, they're confused because they're like, when did we see you hungry and then feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in and clothe you, take care of you when you were sick, go to visit you when you were in prison and so on and so forth. They don't actually know that they were taking care of God or taking care of his people. All they knew is that they were just taking care of somebody random. And in verse 40, it says, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So positivity, true godly positivity, isn't just, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to listen to you. God's got it. It's accompanied by taking care of the sick, feeding the hungry, and not just feeding the hungry but also taking care of the people who are outside of your church culture. Right. The person that you go to work with who maybe you've been reaching out to for weeks on end and has shown zero interest in what's going on. Maybe even know their sin to a little bit. And they say like, Hey, it's been a really rough week. Like I didn't have time to do this. I didn't have to do that. Even like, I didn't have time to bring lunch today. You know, Toxic positivity says, oh, man, that's rough. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll be praying you get through your day. Good intentioned? Absolutely. Toxic positivity execution? Also absolutely. A godly positivity and what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 25 is to say, hey, that really, that really sucks. I'm sorry that happened to you. Do you want to talk about it more? do you want to talk about it over lunch? Like, let me, let me take care of you. Like, let me buy your lunch today. You know, like whether you're a teacher and you have to buy it in the school cafeteria or like you're able to, to actually go out and get lunch with somebody like you like just mobile order right. Chipotle for you both. And then you just, you know, sit and talk about your day on your lunch break. Uh, there's, there's a difference, you know, and the intention is equal. And we can't emphasize that enough with all of our podcast episodes is that half the time the, the intention is always pure. Yeah. But the, the execution is, is where it, it truly does make a difference of whether or not it's dismissive or it's connective. Right. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest takeaways, even with positivity and toxic positivity. Yeah, I, I definitely agree.